Sports to Comic News, episode 239. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside, he apparently knows imaginary numbers, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, I imaginary numbers, but I don't know uh, the difference between consonants and vowels. I know, hold on, I'd like to buy a vowel. Okay, vowels are the important ones. Those are the ones you buy on Wheel this- of Fortune. This says everything about the American education system <laughs> that Mike knows how to, what a vowel is based on Listen, Wheel of Fortune. I was educated in New York State, and that's supposedly one of the best states to be educated in. So what does that tell you, folks? <laughs> it tells you that Florida is doomed. <laughs> um, so so we're all doomed. Except for one person. Uh, we have a very special guest today, uh, Brendan Albetsky. Um, we're going to talk to him about his... Very, very cool comic book, um, Maru Kiru, Destroy the Moon. It's a barbarian, futuristic tale, and it's pretty awesome. So stick yes. around for that. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, I, I know we talk about this all the time, that we everything we read for interviews and for people and for Kickstarters, we don't re- necessarily like that much. But man, we're, we're on a roll lately. The stuff I've been reading is like, damn, I want more of that, you know? Yeah. The issue ended, and I'm like, shit, give me more pages. But <laughs> I didn't want to tell Brendan that, you know, to pressure him, but um, more pages. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Good stuff. Always trying to keep it positive. I mean, yeah. even when we don't like something, we'll, we'll right, shy right. away from our criticisms a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> Except for, uh, I see you all over Twitter about Harbinger, man. You won't let that shit go. <laughs> Holy shit. Talk about, talk about beating a dead horse. I mean, damn. <laughs> So yeah. I'm shocked that Valiant still uh, does works with us in any way. I'm um, surprised they haven't blocked you on Twitter. It's awesome. <laughs> I've been so I've been shitting on them for their Kickstarter, and it's well deserved because yep. uh, a multi billion dollar company owns you. You shouldn't be running a Kickstarter. Yeah, that's that's been crazy seeing these Kickstarters come out. And I did, yeah, I did make a joke because they put I. I Dude, when it was in front of me, I had to do it. Yeah, because they put out a thing, their new run on a Harbinger. And or uh, the the man the man that doesn't die, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, and uh, just a sneak peek in the future, we're gonna be talking to that writer soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. But the the yeah, um, Peter Peter's that shit, whatever fuck his name is, I don't care. Um, in the first volume of Harbinger, he rapes a woman. Yeah, and I took much offense to this when I read it. And then when it, I saw the poster, it was like wanted Peter, and he's like being chased by the law. And I was like, so he's finally going to be arrested for raping a woman? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> and they finally caught on? Although, okay, for the people, any new fans that don't know what the hell's going on, we've had the writer on the show. We've talked about it's. It was a little more constructed criticism than what Chris is yeah. going off about. And we had nice conversation. Uh, he's actually the writer of Odin's Eye that comes out soon for Bad Idea Comics. Good dude, Joshua um, Dysart. Good jo- dude. Yeah, Joshua Dysart. Really good dude. Really crazy, awesome guy. So go back and look for that interview because it was, it was a really interesting interview to find out what he did um, in his life. He went over to some third world countries, did some research, wrote some comics about it. Um, so nothing against him, but also he he took the criticism very well and he knew that it wasn't his best work for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been I've been getting a little more punchy on Twitter recently, though. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, as long as, as long as people keep coming on the show, I mean, yeah, just <laughs> just don't just don't ever go like uh, you know Rob Liefeld kind of punchy, where you're just like punching into the dark and people don't want to listen to you anymore. 
No, I feel like I got punchy about one. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I got punchy yeah. about one thing. And uh, it wasn't even punchy. It was more like I just didn't accept the criticism that was being given. Mm-hmm. I thought it was out of line. But other than that, like, yeah, I've been making some jokes at Valiant and shit. But, <laughs> but it's crazy, like... This shit, like, because I've been, I've been following more people. Actually, let me. I I did punch at legendary recently too. Yeah, legendary and yeah, because we keep bringing this up. These these you know billion dollar companies, because legendary is part of Warner Brothers, I believe. Um, that don't want to put out a graphic novel to sell it. They want you to pay for the graphic novel to be made. So, they're you're telling me that like the legendary pictures has a budget. And they're not allocating any of it to their publishing department to make a graphic novel. And that movie—I mean, we're talking about the Dune movie yeah. adaptation. Everybody, yeah. Um, that movie made a shitload of money. They just right. greenlit a second. Yeah. And the director and writer are already in talks to do more Dune movies outside right. of the second. So it's obviously successful. Like, <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I did uh, some good news about HBO Max. I did start watching the Long Halloween uh, animated movies. Oh, nice! There's part one and part two are on there. Uh, really good. I mean, the Long Halloween's a great story, but uh, th- I I completely forgot that Jensen Ackles uh, from Supernatural does the voice of Batman. Mm-hmm. And not a bad job. I actually uh, I like. It. I mean, nothing will ever be Kevin Conroy. Let's be honest. It's not as deep as or like brooding as Kevin Conroy, and it's also not the Troy Parker from Arkham. So, is that his name, Troy Parker, that does uh, all the video I believe games? It's Troy Parker, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's kind of somewhere in the middle, and it's not bad. I mean, you can kind of tell it's Jensen Ackles, not, but I think it's so good for him. You know, he did the he did part one and part two. Um, and I think it's I think it's interesting if he does more. So it's it's not bad. I I didn't you know nothing. It, it's hard to like even even hearing Adam West in animation is pretty awesome too. But um, he's not bad. So it's uh, it's Roger Craig Smith as Batman, Troy Baker, which is who we were thinking of. Yeah, uh, Troy plays, Baker. He plays Joker. Joker. Okay. I thought Troy Baker did Batman for some of the other video games too, though. I think he did Batman for the Telltale one. Oh, okay. I think that's where he did better. Yeah, because he's one of the few guys that's done both. So yeah. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So either way, um, still not bad. You should check it out. I'm no. curious what you think. Troy Baker, um, one of those people on this earth that's just unfair. Like you yeah. shouldn't be that talented and that good looking at the same time. Yeah, it's, like, it's not fair. Like you're always surprised <laughs> when you see like this guy is a voice actor. You know, he, he must look like uh, he must look like Smeagol or something. And then he's he comes also- out. And it's like, why is he not a regular actor? He's also a musician. So I met him yeah. at a PAX one time because uh-huh. I, I do enjoy his work. But yeah, he's also a musician and he's like a very talented guitarist too. It's like, dude, this is not, you are not fair. Like leave some for the <laughs> unworthy, rest of us, dude. Unworthy, like, <laughs> uh, um, I always remember, is it when, uh, when Captain America walks, well, Captain America walks into uh, the Apple store and the guy, the Apple genius working there is just like, specimen you know (laughs) that's one of my favorite i think it's winter soldier when him him and uh him and black widow are like undercover and they're like where can we go to use the internet uh the apple store and the guy you know like the nerdy guy walks out and he's like what can i help you with today and he's like we're fine he's like okay specimen it's like (laughs) 
Um, anyways, yeah, so we got a little bit of news here. Uh, the Dis- Disney finally released a trailer for the Boba Fett series, Book of Boba Fett. It looks awesome. Um, basically, Boba is in the in the shoes. I don't. Well, I can't really say shoes in the. Uh, I don't know in the slime trail of <laughs> <laughs> of Jabba the Hutt. He's on the throne, right? He's he's the master now of of mischief and crime. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I. What do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a cool look at a part of the Star Wars universe, like the gangster part of Star Wars universe that's like yeah. always intrigued people. Mm-hmm. And there's so many books, so many comics, so many everything about like that universe, the bounty hunters, the gangsters, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So to actually do it and have Boba Fett be the one at the lead, like fucking sign me on. It yeah. looked awesome. He looks badass. Um, and he's kind of he in the in the trailer. I think he says something about not a bounty hunter. So he's kind of like distancing himself from that life. Yeah. Right. But he still wants to be like a crime lord. Yeah, and he says the it's the line of like I'm not going to rule flip through fear, but through respect. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a few things where he's definitely trying to change his image uh, in this new world. So I'm this is hands down my most anticipated thing. Um, the whole he, Mandalorian crew is doing this, so yeah, I have yeah. no doubt it's going to be awesome. Now I can't remember is Grogu was Grogu taken from uh, the Mandalorian at the end of the season. Yeah, remember Luke showed up. Yeah, Luke showed up, but he takes Grogu with him. Yeah, to go train and then eventually okay. get killed by Kylo Ren. Yeah, <laughs> get murdered. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what is the bigger what is the bigger picture here? With that, like, he must be going after something, but what is he going after? Right? Is there going to be a big heist? Like, is there what what is his place in all of this? It could be something as simple as. Uh, you know, um, a power vacuum. And even though he's kind of taken that spot, somebody's going to challenge him for it. Right. And maybe it's how that, but I'm sure there's a bigger story in play here. It's, yeah, it'd be an interesting thing of what they do with it moving forward. But I mean, they could just show off his gadgets every episode and I'd be happy. Yeah. He could just beat the fuck out of somebody with that weird (laughs) stick he has. And I'd be happy every episode. I think the, I think the interesting part though, like they even say in the trailer, he doesn't, he doesn't beat the shit out of anybody. Like, you know, all the, all the people sitting at the table are all bounty hunters that had tried to kill him in the past. Like, and he's ba- and they're basically like, Oh, they would kill you for, for this in- insubordinance or Jabba the hut would kill you for this insubordinance. But he kind of just sits there at the table. Like, like he knows he can kill all of them and they know it too, Yeah, but he doesn't really need to do anything. <laughs> you know, I'm also really happy and I'm zoning on the name, but the woman who's uh, kind of the co-lead in this. Oh, yeah. She was really good. And she's yeah. really good in that. She was really good in uh, Bad Batch. She had a few Ooh. episodes in that voice acting. Okay. Um, I like that character and I'm glad that she's a part of it as well. Like, I think it's going to be yeah. a cool little combo. So Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I mean, Disney hasn't done us wrong yet. so um, At least in the TV realm. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> speaking of that, you haven't seen Eternals? No, have you seen Eternals? I have not seen Eternals. I'm just seeing that there's some mixed reviews about Eternals. So that's kind of what I was hinting at, what I punched back on. But uh, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So I guess critics are kind of split on it, or at least more disliking it than liking it. While the uh, audience scores have been really high, and people are loving it. Everybody I talk to says it's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, I, I don't know. This is kind of one of the first big Marvel IPs that hasn't hit home run, at least in the, the critic it, score off the bat. Yeah, and I, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm a DC fan. I know what this feels like. Uh, I've, you know, I've, I've been in the trenches. <laughs> I've seen some shit. Um, I was born in the darkness. I was born in the darkness. Um, <laughs> you really adopted it. Like, this is just a blip on the screen. But I, I saw some interesting things. Like, Mark Bernardin usually has a... Pr- I usually fall in line with, like, what Mark Bernardin's critique on things uh, on, and Fat mm-hmm. Man and uh, beyond. But um, he he tweeted something like, because people kept asking for his review, and he said, I, he said something about, because I'm working for Marvel now, I can't give out my review yet but it'll happen eventually and i was thinking like like when you know when batman vs superman came out he tore that movie to shreds like the day the night after seeing it and like it was just weird for him not to be able to review the movie and like talk about it on twitter and i was like why is he not being able to talk about it you know is it because it's going to be a bad review (laughs) like so uh people may not like this analysis but if he's under a contract with Disney, Disney has been known to kind of throw people aside if they don't go with the flow. Mm. Um, okay. we've, we've seen it both in this realm. We've seen it in kind of the politics realm. We've seen it in a bunch of realms. Yep. So I could see why he would kind of not want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's He's definitely little, biased. It's a little cowardice, but yeah. Um, but I think him saying I can't review it tells you what you need to, because if it was something positive, I'm pretty sure you had no problem going out there and be like, it's great, guys. Like just, just seeing that was like, Oh man, even Mark has some issues with it. Um, and I, I'm sure I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. I mean, my, like, you know, I loved fast, the furious nine and they fucking drove a car into space. So like nothing really, (laughs) nothing really disappoints me anymore. You know? Um, and it looked like a cool movie. I, and, I think the only issue here is not issue. Um, I read an interview with the director and the director said that man of steel, Zack Snyder's uh, man of steel was a big influence on, I think there's a character named Icarus yeah, or something like that. Who's basically Superman. Yeah. Basically Superman. And said that like the approach Zack Snyder had with like the, the, you know, Superman revealing himself and the way humans on earth would like worship him or how the media would handle him um, was a pretty interesting take. But, like, uh, all I'm thinking is, yeah, I love Man of Steel, but the critics did not, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's the same thing. Like, Man of Steel's, you know, one of, it's one of my favorite superhero movies. But I know that um, when people start punching people through, like, mountains and buildings, the critics tend to go, like, you know, down vote, down vote. <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, I'm sure... I have. I was gonna go see it last night, and then mm. not doing it. But I'm sure it's going to be, at worst, an average Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, which, in my opinion, is still good. Like, mm-hmm. I it's. I think we're gonna get into a realm here where the critics aren't gonna be as like. I'm starting to see more negativity towards Marvel in particular yeah. from like the the established crowd. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to see a lot of negativity towards comic book stuff in general from the established crowd. So I think you're going to yeah. see more and more negativity across the realm. And fine. I mean, it's it's like I said to someone on Twitter, like it, it's going to make a billion dollars. 
Right. So what does it matter? It's going to make a ton of money. I think actually the only thing holding it back from making a billion dollars, did you hear that they aren't censoring it for foreign markets? Oh. Oh, because there's a... um, uh, there's a there's a, what a kissing scene between two men or something. Yeah, there's a gay couple in the, the yeah, movie, which, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. some of the uh, some countries, specifically Middle East countries, I believe, mm-hmm. um, are banning it for that reason. So yeah, I did see that. I, that might affect it. I don't know how the big one's China. Like, how does China right. react to that shit? I don't really right. know how they react to that stuff. So, well, The Rock isn't in it, so nobody's gonna watch it in China. What? <laughs> Well, you, you've seen the side-by-sides of uh, Chinese posters and American posters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they just take the black guy out of it every time? Yeah. Like, it's I a mean, it's, difference yeah. between the poster. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some heavy editing that goes into China. We know Disney has catered to it hard. Yeah. But, like, good for them to not, you know, not putting their foot down. But also they yeah. could have not, I mean, or putting their foot down. But like you said, do would those countries really affect their market? I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah, think China's the big one. Like, we got to yeah. see how China reacts to it. If China's okay with it, then. But kudos to them for, yeah, for sticking their guns and be like, no, this is the movie. Like, yeah. take it or um, leave it. So, this, um, this uh, is it Morbius? Mobius. I always Mobius? say Morbius. I don't even know. The Spider-Man spinoff um, with... <laughs> Jared, I could, you know, some some part of my brain forgot about this. Jared Leto being a vampire for the Marvel universe, it it almost looks just like Venom to me. Just like put in insert Jared Leto and insert fangs instead of like weird alien symbiote. Um, I mean, it, does it look does it look any like it's going to blow my mind? No, will I watch it? Probably yes. Um, it's like we talked about, but. I mean, the trailer is kind of cool. I was surprised how far they went with his like transformation. Like, I'm like, when the first when the trailer first dropped, I'm like, oh, these guys aren't going to pull the trigger. They're just going to keep him as a normal human face. But towards the end, it gets kind of like uncanny valley shit, where it's like, yeah, he's pretty much a monster <laughs> yeah. almost. There's a so few cool, cool CGI moments where his face like kind of flickers. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Know, I agree with everything you said, but the two big things here are what universe is this taking place in? Because also, I don't know if you saw, but... Yeah, the, um, I saw it. Michael Keaton. Amazing. Well, Michael Keaton's in it, yes. Yeah, Michael Keaton's in it. There's also a poster in the background, and it's uh, Garfield Spider-Man. What the hell is happening? Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw Michael Keaton, and I was really confused. <laughs> well, apparently... Um, had, did we talk about the ending of Venom? Because I haven't, I haven't gone to see it, but it got spoiled no, for me. I, I haven't watched it yet, no. Do you but, know? Do you know the end credit spoiler? No, I haven't. Just tell me. What is it? Oh, uh, it's that Tom uh, Holland's Spider Man like goes over to that universe, something like that. They're con- they're connecting Venom into the MCU is basically what. Wait, it is. what? So I'm sitting there going like, okay, so now all this Sony shit's going to get connected into the MCU, or if you've seen the stuff about how this is the end of the Spider Man trilogy and what that really means. Maybe Holland's popping over, and he's actually done the MCU. Uh, I don't know. There's so much weird shit going on. I don't yeah. know. I love it because it's just like it's like oh it's my god, into... we're dealing with Final Crisis shit here. Yeah, <laughs> we're dealing with normal comic book shit. Like that's like the end. Of, you read, you're, you're a Venom fan. You read the end of the Venom issue. Spider Man from a like Ultimate Spider Man pops up at the end of the issue. You're like, well, what the fuck issue do I read now to understand what's going on? 
It's like, what movie do I? What movie do I have to wait for? And what movie do I have to watch before this one to understand what the hell is going on? Uh, I don't know. I love it just because like yeah. the the confusion and like weirdness yeah. of comics is coming over. But someone, someone in the writers room, like, no, they'll understand. The fans, the fans will understand. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Holland appears at the end. It's like, wait, but we had a we had a poster in the Mo- the Morbius movie for uh, Garfield Spider Man. They're like, oh, he'll show up too. Don't worry. Like, oh my god, we're gonna recreate the meme. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah. And then Michael Keaton's Batman in the Slash movie. I, I like. I don't know what Disney and Marvel or DC and Marvel are doing, but Mike Michael Keaton's cashing out. This yeah, is all I know. This dude is making money. Um, good for him. He doesn't so, need that money. Yeah. He has that uh, that the founder money. Yeah. Did you right. ever see that movie? Uh, no. Really good movie. Really. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I've never watched it. Maybe it's about the guy who stole the name McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers. Yeah. And then made it into a global thing. That's and crazy. Michael Keaton is phenomenal. Oh, as he always is, you know. Okay, so before the interview, let's talk rumor time. Yes. And as far as rumors go, this is a leak on Reddit, okay? And also, I will say there's a lot of... I, I do follow the DC Entertain, Entertainment Universe leaks subreddit. There's some juicy stuff on there. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. This person, um, too, has been known to be correct in the past. Okay. So, so that's that out there. So some upcoming news on Marvel Disney Plus series. First uh, was that Blade will be making its premiere in the Moon Knight series. Not a big reach, considering Moon Knight's connection to the vampire world in Marvel. Okay. That's yeah. not like a huge, like, that's really cool, but it's not a huge thing. Um, also, and <laughs> instead of the She-Hulk series, now this is huge, uh, we'll see MODOK as the main villain. Not only that, but Jim Carrey has been cast as MODOK. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Who... Why have we not seen this coming? That's amazing. So, <laughs> Blade appearing, whatever. I mean, yeah, vampires. We're going to get a giant Jim Carrey face floating around. We're, we're going to get a giant Jim Carrey face. So, now Jim Carrey plays two of my childhood villains of uh, Eggman and now Modoc. Yep. And I guess you could throw Riddler in there, too. Yeah, he's like, the Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's just so great. Yeah. I amazing. love everything about this. I hope it's true. I, I hope, hope it is too. Yeah. I think you need to add like something to She-Hulk to kind of get it into the the normie crowd a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's enough there for that character to break out and be something cool. Yep. She's been a beloved character for a long time. But I, if you add if you throw out there like oh by the way fucking giant head big Jim Carrey's coming along and he's going to yeah be this killer robot thing that leads aim to like world domination. Everybody's like, well, I mean, well, I gotta watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you watching the She-Hulk show? Well, no. Well, Jim Carrey's in it. What? Uh, yeah. Like, of course I'll watch it now. You know, yeah. I'm so um, down for this. I'm so ready. I got my yeah. first appearance sitting right over here. Everybody, yeah, so. Chris is ready. He's got, the eBay, <laughs> he's got the eBay account ready to cash in. Um, okay. Let's get to this awesome interview we have with Brendan and we'll see everybody on the other side. Right, everybody, we got another very special guest for you this week. Welcome to the show, Brendan Albetsky. What's going on, hey, Brendan? Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, glad to have you here. Uh, glad that we got to read all glorious, like 40 plus 50 pages of the, the comic you got going on. Uh, 
and we're going to talk about that in a second. It's Maru Kiru, right? First try. Uh, Good work. <laughs> yeah, all right. Maru Kiru destroyed the moon, um, which is, I mean, who else doesn't want to read a story about, like, this barbarian uh, that wants to destroy the moon? I mean, what else do you need to know, right? Yeah, that was, uh, it's kind of funny. That's, that's um, the comic kind of came up from me giving that pitch to somebody. Uh, I was working on a, a, a project over the, the pandemic called Ice Cream Social with uh, uh, Scott Madrinsky. Okay. So name I hope I pronounced right. I've never actually said it out loud. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the questions he asked is, oh, you know, what, what are you coming up with next? And I, I've been kicking around an idea of a, of a fantasy thing for a while, but I just kind of said, I, I want to make a comic about barbarians who want to blow up the moon. And yeah. he said, uh, he says, that sounds fantastic. I said, cool, that's what we're going to do then. Uh, <laughs> that's what I started writing. <laughs> and, that, and that's where it goes. And then the glorious fantasy yeah. world became real that's so cool man um and so you know all our first time guests we do the uh we do the origin story so give us the give us the rundown of where it all began for you as far as i know you do graphic design right but i mean have you always been a comic book fan all that jazz um yeah like off and on i've got a weird kind of upbringing into it when i started out as being like a really um full of himself writer Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do, um, it's going to be a, a novelist when I was in college. And, um, you know, I was really into Alan Moore and Watchmen, yep. and really heavy stuff, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Um, and I'm still into Grant Morrison. I'm on a Grant Morrison podcast. So that, that didn't go away, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. but, yeah. uh, yeah, no, I, when I, when I was in college and I, I realized I started to realize I didn't enjoy writing as much as I told everybody I did, mm. um, I got a job doing um, comics for the UConn Daily Campus, um, oh, and I okay. became the comics editor at the UConn Daily Campus. Um, and kind of from there, I was working with a couple of friends who were doing art for me, and I was writing, you know, little comic strips, and they would do art for me. And I really wanted to start getting into longer form stuff, and um, I kind of scripted out this this arc for this huge space opera comic that I wanted mm. to do. And I had a friend who I kind of bullied into doing the art for me. And um, we got to a point where it was like, all right, time to start drawing. And she's, she was just like, you know, I just don't think I'm as into this as you are. And I think oh, no. I, I don't think I can do this for you. Yeah. And I was really pissed off at the time. But, um, mm. you know, it, it, the, the more time between then and now, this was like 10, 12 years ago. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to work with me either. Um, <laughs> and, but that, that was really the point where I was just like, well, screw artists. Yeah, I'm going to draw right. myself. I'd never drawn anything before. And I was like, I, this is easy. I can do this myself. Um, and here we are 10 years last later words. and uh, yeah. still, yeah. <laughs> still trying to figure it out. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it took a long time, but it, it really helped me discover uh, you know, a lot about myself and about what I enjoyed doing. And, and art is really kind of my preferred medium of expression now. Mm. I still write my own comics for the most part because I'm, I'm still a bit of a control freak when it comes to that. But um, uh, I, I can work with writers as an artist, but I don't think I can work with artists as a writer. Okay. <laughs> so Understood. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm the exact yeah. opposite because when I write something down and somebody draws it for me, I'm just like, that's so much better than what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think as far as uh, pretentious writer uh, people to look up to, I think Grant Morrison and Alan Moore are probably at the top. There. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they definitely are, but they're also like they're like, they're like the surface hits. Like, who's your favorite cerebral comics writer? Like, right. I'm an Alan Moore fan. Of course yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. Right, right. Yeah, of course you are. Um, and I, I'm guessing like a Grant Mar- a Grant Morrison podcast is like you guys just 
drop acid and talk about <laughs> aliens. <laughs> no. Well, it's no. called it's called the King Mobcast. Um, uh-huh. and we we do we're doing a complete like issue by issue read through of the Invisibles. Oh, um, that's so cool! Yeah, nice. and and one of the things that uh, we're on, I think issue thirty four now or something. We've been going mm-hmm. for a long time now. We used to update monthly. Then COVID happened. Mm. Um, one of our co-hosts uh, is a, a man of a similar age to myself who decided to take up skateboarding and is constantly falling off and breaking his entire old man body into pieces. Yep. So that, uh, the, that would happen. Uh, <laughs> yep. you know, the, the update schedule has been a little bit lax of late, but um, we are still doing it. And that's one of the comments we got all the time, like frequently in the act. Guys, like you guys drop an acid, right? We're like, yeah. no, we, are, we are not. We you really <laughs> need to fully understand what Morrison is thinking right we now. We had a listener who was really 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 angry us because we didn't want to do acid and they're like you oh, need wow. to start yeah. dropping acid and you need <laughs> to pick a side in this war and we're like dude let's we're, walk we're it back okay. a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's did chill you, yeah did you ever read the novel that he wrote that was i think it was a oh what the hell was it called the super gods one yeah super gods yeah yeah and the the famous story of, of meeting Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very strange. It's really funny because we've actually um, Zach Zemantic, who is a, a, another fantastic artist and and draws the anonymous cubed comics. I, I don't know if you ever heard of those, but they're really mm-hmm. good. Um, but Grant Morrison actually follows Zach on Twitter. And I'm very jealous. Yeah, that's a um, and I don't that's know a pretty how he, big deal. I don't know how he got that to happen. And Grant's mm-hmm. never said anything to any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're like kind of think maybe he's aware of what we do, but probably doesn't really care. Oh, he's um, aware. Yeah, but yeah. one of the we, like Phil Jimenez has listened to the show. We know that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's that's it's awesome, it's, it's it's kind of um, it's the, you know it's the little podcast that could. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do it for free we just do it because we love it and um and it's really not what i'm here to talk about today i guess but i can't yeah you brought yeah you brought up graham morrison we're going to talk about it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you should dedicate well, an entire episode to cod piece it's not graham morrison but still you should just yeah do that. it takes place after the graham morrison run of uh doom patrol i'm into it. It. i'll do yeah. it yeah um but back to Maru Kiru, right? Did I, I got it right again? You did, yeah. Um, the <laughs> I, I I like forget how to say it, and then I say it, and I'm like, okay, that works. Um, let's let's talk about this character. So you took the idea of destroying the moon, and then you went a little uh, further with it with this developing this world of mm-hmm. um, uh, magic, mm-hmm. like magic users, and one magic user that what makes creates these wands for. Uh, yeah. his servants and stuff. So give us a little insight. What is this world? And so, yeah, the, the, the world is called Tolf. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really kind of an old school, um, you know, uh, sword and sorcery kind of world. Um, and, and the idea being that, you know, we're kind of after peak of, of what this civilization was, you know, at the height of the civilization a thousand years ago, there were seven sorcerer kings and they all had these um, fancy wands that let them dole out magic as they saw fit. And then there was a big war um, and Golusar, who is the god who sits astride the moon, stole all the magic, killed all the sorcerer kings, put all the magic into the moon. And now he's got all the power mm-hmm. uh, and he gives it out as he sees fit. And he's got, um, you know, his high priest, Manitatus, who the guy with the big horned helmet in the first yeah. issue, um, who kind of is his representative on Tulth uh, and, and meets out justice. And he's a big, loud, boisterous fellow. Um, 
and, and, a, and a real a real bad dude, uh, as mm -hmm. we'll come to find out. You know, we haven't really gotten that far yet, but I have some some fun things planned for him uh, mm. in, the, in the coming issues. So, and uh, not to spoil too much here, but mm -hmm. the, I, there's a part in the book where you know our our the main barbarian um, character is there's an attempt to like assassinate um, the man on the moon. And I can't think of his, I don't know. I can't remember his name. Manitatus uh, is that he Manitatus. sits on top of the yeah. mountain. Yeah. 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 And, uh, um, the, but he sends like, he has like assassins or like minions that he can send uh, to do his bidding. Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought that part was really cool to see like, Oh, Oh shit. That's one of his knights or his servants, you know, that he gives a little bit of magic to or whatever. But I think that's awesome. Like just having, almost like, you know, sending bounty hunters after her or something like mm. that. I think that idea is really cool. Yeah. And I'm excited to do a lot more of those, um, those, those mm. types of characters, uh, you know, in, in, in number two slash mm. chapter four. Um, <laughs> so what we, what, what's out right now, I'll just explain myself, uh, is right. the first three chapters, which comprises number one. Okay. Um, and we're going to start doing, I think, regular issue length chapters now. When I first started, I was like, it's going to be however many pages I feel like doing, and that's going to be a chapter. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure that's really sustainable. So um, the first three chapters are number one, and then number two is going to be like 23 pages long. Uh, and that's coming out in February of 2022. Um, and there's going to be in that in that number two, um, a couple more of those uh, minions that, that show mm -hmm. up. And you'll get to see kind of the different ways that they use the, the magic power that, that's given to them. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I I like that idea. Um, I also like the idea of like you know the the normal people that either like they they still kind of worship the magic users, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, they do. Um, and that's that's kind of Mara's big deal is that she's not a fan of that. Um, mm. and that comes out a little bit in the beginning, and that's kind of her her backstory that'll be more revealed as we go through, and and the reasons why she's not okay with that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a cult of, they call it the cult of the moon. Um, and it is just kind of your, your average everyday person that is just, um, you know, sees this godlike power and, and doesn't really have any choice, but to, to worship it as, worship you know, it, as the yeah. word God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting as well. Um, but the, one of the things I loved about it too, was the, uh, the color palette you chose, mm. um, this like retro wave style. Uh, color. So what, what made you want to go with that? Um, so, you know, coloring is something that I actually only picked up a couple of years ago. Um, okay. I wanted to do black and white comics uh, for, for many, many years um, and just never really found anything that, that I thought was good. And then I started trying to color things and I'm using 40 different colors on my palette and trying to get through here and everything that's like, yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started watching, this was right around the time that I started watching diamond is unbreakable, uh, Jojo part four. Okay. And the palette in that show is just so garish and cool and in your face. And I'm like, I want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I picked three colors and it's that really kind of tealish green cyan color Mm -hmm. um, that we use for all the moon stuff and then an yep. almost regular magenta and then kind of a, an orangey yellow. And mm -hmm. I'm like, those are my three colors and everything I do from now on is going to be either, uh, you know, just a pure of that color, or it's going to be a, you know, be a blend of two of those. Mm -hmm. And I've more or less stuck with that for like the past three years or so. Um, okay. and it's, it's served me really well. 
and it yeah. solves a lot of problems for me when I'm trying to do like separations and stuff. So it's just like, I need to have the opposing colors. They go here, they go here, highlights, shadows, and we're good. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to before when I was trying to like, you know, okay, I want to do, here's the skin tone, you know, and okay, this is the metal color. Yeah, yeah. Anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> a, lot, a lot less tedious. I try yeah. to make it idiot proof for myself because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning this stuff as I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're telling us this uh, this nice color palette that we love so much is born out of you being like, oh, let's make this as easy as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah, I'm a student of I'm a student of Wally Wood. Um, you know, don't keep it simple. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's really I think I just smacked the table. That's not good. No, that's um, good. It's really we we have a tendency to kind of try to overcomplicate things or try to 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 look at artwork that gets done it's like how the hell did they do that and it's like you know what they did it in the easiest way that they could because artists you know need to find a way to survive these things just like anybody right. else so right, right. yeah you got to find what works for you and, and stick with that you no know? okay yeah that yeah. reminds me of the old jim lee story about drawing batman's boots the bottom mm -hmm. of his boots and then mm -hmm. realizing like fuck i gotta do this for every issue now <laughs> <laughs> has to happen every issue just like that um i think i think the color itself lends it to more of a you know it's a fantasy book but it almost gives it almost um adds another layer to it you know there's a difference between like reading a reading like a conan book as opposed mm -hmm. to this you know i don't and i don't know what it is it's the i don't know if it changes the tone or or, or something it, it almost makes it like a futuristic fantasy style. I don't, I don't really know what it is, but it, it, it definitely adds a little more to the book. So the, the robots factor into that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Conan, Conan's all earth tones and, yeah. um, you know, we're not doing that here. And I, I love, I love Conan, but, um, I'd be, I'd be stupid if I tried to trick people into thinking that Conan wasn't an influence no, on, right. on yeah. what's going on here. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it does kind of give a different, um, you know, almost a space opera, 70s sci-fi mm -hmm. kind of tone to it um, right. that I really like. You know, I, that's that's kind of the stuff that I enjoy. I like a lot of like the retro 70s and 80s D&D stuff. Crawl mm -hmm. is a favorite movie of mine. Um, but, you know, just these things that are kind of weird and and just got that ethereal sci-fi quality to them are, are, are definitely influences on me. And I think that makes it into the work, yeah. I think um I think my favorite character in the in the first uh issue is the is the guy that tries to warn her not to Oh yeah. Uh Yaga the character that Yaga. I did not name in the context of the comic. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, I, that's, I was like I was looking for a name like I don't think there is a name but I I love the fact that his Yeah, no his she's cool. Like a, yeah, oh, okay, she, okay. But yeah. yeah, that that also throws a lot of people because she's, yeah. she's kind of like an old crone character in, in a big yeah. big robe and I, that was almost like I love I love that dude with the hat. I'm like, well that yeah. dude's a lady, but um <laughs> You I you, like, you know? <laughs> the, I think it, I think it's, there's, there's an added, like, um, I don't know. There's a little bit of comedy there with the, the facial expression on the hat, like mm. the emoji thing where mm -hmm. it's like giving these grave warnings, but it's like the face. Like the, 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 it, yeah. It, it's, it, it was kind of like the, um, the Nirvana logo is really what. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of right. That exactly. And, yep. Uh, and so that, that was the thought there was like, Oh, we want to do something that's kind of just like a blank face. just kind of a, mm -hmm. kind of a, you know, it, um, like almost like emotionless, but kind of like goppingly emotionless. Right. Like, right. You know, um, so 
I, I like that too. So w- what you have now is one completed issue. You talked about issue two coming out in February. Um, and the first issue is available for people through your website, right? Digitally. Yeah. Yeah. So if you really want to like cut right to the chase, you can go to my coffee store um, and buy it there. Uh, if you want a little more roundabout fit, um, path, you can go to brendanelbetsky.com and you go to my comics tab and you can get it through there. Um, okay. If you're not into paying for things, you can subscribe to it on Webtoon as well. Um, we do one page a week, and we're in the middle of Chapter 2 now, um, which I think is like page 17. So okay. um, if you want to read it all at once, though, which I highly recommend. because Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Yeah, in uh, five bucks. Um, and it's a 53-page PDF. Um, I think there's about 30 pages of comic, and then there's a bunch of bonus material in there. Um with kind of an early version of the story uh, that doesn't have any dialogue on it, but it's got almost finished art from when I first was kind of roughing it out. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of a lot of sketches and, and other cool formative stuff that uh, to take a look at there. So lot so going very on. cool. So let me pick your brain about the distribution a little bit. What, first sure. of all, why go to the website, um, go to the website coffee route? Why not uh, try to distribute through like comiXology or something? Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've got, um, I've had somebody, some people suggest comicsology to me before, but I've got other uh, creators that I really kind of jive with who have gone through great pains to take their stuff off of comicsology. Mm, so wow. I, I don't really know what the appeal of comicsology is. If it's something that I should look into, and I, I'm actually absolutely open to taking recommendations um, and absolutely open to checking something like that out. But um it's not a path that I really went down because early on in kind of my, my, my process of figuring out where I was going to sell this, people were saying like, find a way to just sell it directly yourself. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and coffee was just seemed to be the easiest way for me to do that. A lot like the coloring. I, I picked the easiest yeah. way to do it. Uh, <laughs> I sense a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. I think the stick with the easy route. I think the, the main reason is, is it's easy uh, for yeah. the yeah. consumer. Like that's right. where all of us go for digital comics. For the that's most a good part. point. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll put it up on comicsology. I'm also, I'm a big fan. I'm a big supporter of the shotgun method. Like just yep. throw things wherever people are and hope that somebody grabs it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great idea. But um, I, I'm probably yeah. the reason I haven't gotten it up there is because I, I really enjoy drawing comics and I really enjoy writing comics. I don't really enjoy selling comics all that much. So I just spend my time making them. And then I finish all these pages and it's like, who wants to buy them? Oh, nobody. All right. I'll go, I'll go back and make some more. (laughs) (laughs) So then then maybe that answers my next question, but then why Mm. Webtoons as well? Yeah. um, You know, the reason I'm on Webtoon uh, is because uh, my wife's cousin, who is one of the youth, uh, read my comic and said, you have to put it on a Webtoon. And I said, I don't really use Webtoon. She's like, no, you don't understand. You have to put it on Webtoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went on for a while. And uh, I put it on Webtoon. Um, yeah, I got a handful of subscribers and a, and a, and a handful of, of views. And it's steadily increasing every time I put up a page. So mm-hmm. I got no reason not to have it there. Um, okay. If it ever gets to a point where I need to be exclusively somewhere, then it'll take it down. But um, for the time being, I like having an option to give it away for free. Mm-hmm. um on a delayed schedule mm-hmm. uh if i get to a point where i have like five or six issues in and i get to a new reader and it said you know i don't want them to have to necessarily spend fifty dollars to catch up maybe they only got to spend five dollars to buy the most recent one and they can read the back archive on on webtoon or something that's a good like point yeah um, 
it's hard it's hard enough for a lot of people out there to be able to afford comics i don't want to make it even harder you know i've read too that a lot of the webtoons uh people end up going out and supporting the kickstarter later on or the indiegogo later on or whatever you end up doing so i've heard good things about that community that they they still support their creators in a monetary way when it's all said and done I'm, I'm, I'm yet to have a negative experience there. Um, so, you know, there's, there's right now, there's no reason not to do it. If I ever yeah, start getting right. weird hate mail as a result of webtoon, yeah, I'm, I'm gone. But that's, that's, that's yeah. true of anything. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll say you got to get off the internet for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right? No, that's what I've never seen it again. A cave. Yeah. We put um, photocopied zines and handed them out in front of the library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with your blinders on, so you don't see any, like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but you have, you have had ideas to put it in print as well, not just digitally. Yeah. Someday. Um, I, I would really like to get it in print. Um, I really want to wait till I have enough pages to do a square binding on it. Um, yep. I just think that looks nicer on a bookshelf and oh, for at sure. the end of the day, the, the only one goal that I can say for a hundred percent certain is that I want it to look nice on my own bookshelf. And I say, yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> um, so that's, that's what I want to wait for. So when we get to like 80 pages or so, we'll probably, uh, run a Kickstarter and get a, get a print run going. Awesome. Yeah. We'll be there for it for sure. Um, yeah, and I and anywhere we can send our listeners, viewers to follow you on uh, any updates you can yeah. give us. Um I'm on uh Twitter and I'm on Instagram. Uh my handle is Health Breakfast because that was what my comic used to be called way back in the day and oh, I never okay. changed it. Um so it's H E L L T O and then breakfast. I'm not going to spell breakfast on here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, I'm that on, on Twitter and Instagram. And um, my website is uh, brendanalbetsky.com. Um, that's where I put all of my uh, portfolio and my commission information and my comics. Um, there's a couple of different comics up there that you can check out. Um, Maro Kiro is obviously kind of my my uh, brainchild and, and the thing that I, I hold closest, but I also work on a comic called Techno Crappers with um, Canadian-based writer Hank Pattison, uh, which is about robots trying to buy drugs. Awesome. Um, so if you're looking for kind of a weird comic, when, when we started working on it together, I said, I want you to make all the dialogue like it was written in Russian and then poorly translated into English. Amazing. Um, so that's kind of, it's, it's a really weird kind of quirky comic, but um, yeah, that, that's fun. And um, I'm going to be in an anthology coming out soon, hopefully in 2021 with a kind of an offshoot Marokura story. Um, oh, okay. So that that's not going to be something that well anybody will have read uh, previously. Um, so kind of keep keep your eye out for for that. That's called Tales from Afar. That anthology. Um, they've already had one issue come out, but I wasn't in it. I'm only in the second. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> awesome. We'll keep we'll keep our eyes peeled for that for sure. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, everybody out there, I'll have those links in the show notes down below to uh, Brendan's website and the webtoons as well, so you can check the book out. Brendan, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you for having me. This was great. Yeah. Have to be back in February to push Chapter 2, right? Hell yeah. No, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Come on back. Yeah. Let's, bu- right. let's book it now. <laughs> yeah, <right>. we'll <laughs> now we uh, really got to finish it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a deadline for you. <laughs> Amazing. And we're back. We're back. Um, Did we ever really leave? I don't know. Did we? Five bucks for 50-something pages of comic. Go support him and the awesome comic he's made. It's really good shit. Um, That's all I can say. Yeah, good stuff. Barbarians, Uh, pretty colors. 
Love yep. it. Comic book news. Let's get into it. Um, currently, Andrea Sorrentino and Jeff Lemire are releasing their miniseries Primordial, but Lemire recently took to Twitter to announce the team's next series launching in 2022. This series is called The Bone Orchard Mythos and will be a six-issue series published by Image Comics. Um, it's going to bring this team back to the horror genre. Sign me the hell up. Yeah. Why not? Primordial is um, awesome. Gideon Falls is awesome. Yeah, I got to read Primordial. It's it's one of those that I just, I've been reading so much shit lately that I just can't. Sometimes it's hard to f- remember what I forgot <laughs> to read. You know? Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm liking it. It might be better read. I'll talk about issue two here later, but it might be better read and trade when it's all done, to be honest with okay. you. Okay. Yeah, and um, I do like that for horror books. And to go back to something a little bit more mainstream, everybody, uh, their Green Arrow run was phenomenal, too. Yep. Yeah, I'm down yes, for this. I'll check it out. Um, as long as spooky. Yeah, you got to sleep at night. Um, <laughs> Aftershock Comics announced that Garth Ennis and PJ Holden will launch Lion and the Eagle in February 2022. This series will be another one of Ennis's war comics, this time centered around a small British pilot squad trying to fight off Japanese combatants during World War II. Um, I mean, Aftershock and Garth Ennis, I'll probably check out at least the first couple issues. I was never big into war comics, especially, I mean, not especially. Even if Garth Ennis was writing it, it wasn't going to get me to read a war comic, but I'll take a shot for Aftershock. I've tried some of his war comics, just not for me. Garth loves yeah. doing them, though. Yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah. Good for yeah. him. He found something he loves yeah. doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, not for me. Um, he's just he's just living off that cross money, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. Dude, if, if he's uh, having fun, I say do it. As long as he keeps giving me that once in a while, that Peacemaker issue or that, what does he do? The, yeah. Um, Marjorie Finnegan Peace. book. Yep. And, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, speaking of Peacemaker, everybody... If you if you don't know about Hallmark and their crazy um, their crazy ornaments they do everywhere every mm-hmm. year, there's a peacemaker ornament at Hallmark right now. That's phenomenal. Yeah, no no polka dot man was a little sad about that, but there is a peacemaker. So did I tell you uh, first a polka dot man story, then a Hallmark story? <laughs> I saw the polka dot man action figure in person, uh-huh. and I almost bought oh. it. Really? Yeah, it was phenomenal, and it was like a decent size, like probably twelve inch figure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is very cool. So I, I, went, I went to the store recently. It's not really a Hallmark story. It's an ornament story. But I went to the store recently, and I saw the ornaments were out, and I was immediately mad because it's too early. Mm-hmm. And uh, But <laughs> they now have blind package ornaments. Oh. So you know I just like blind packages to begin with. But right. really, blind package ornaments? <laughs> like, not only did you not get the ornament you want, but you have to hang it on your tree now. Yeah, like it's worst. it's not even like it's part of a set where you put it on your desk and you're like, well, yeah. you know, at least I got the whole set. Yeah, it's a goddamn ornament. <laughs> Did you see the? They have a wreath, a Death Star wreath. That's pretty awesome. That's phenomenal. And I so I was in the I was in Hallmark today and I pressed the button because the Death Star wreath has all these little platforms with like Luke and um, R two D two and C three PO like these and Obi Wan and you press the button and it goes through like. 10 minutes of dialogue from the movie and i was like it like didn't stop it was getting awkward to where like i didn't know if i pressed the button if it would stop it or if it would restart it again so i had to leave the store because it just like at first to play the star wars theme and then it was like went through the whole conversation of of c3po being like some you know uh i i think we were just made to suffer in all this shit and i was like damn like this is 
we're just going through the whole movie, right? <laughs> um, Did you know that the Death Star is flat? Oh, it is. Yeah, okay. when, when Luke's flying about, there's no curve. Yeah, that's true. It's just yeah. flying. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, thanks. Thanks for ruining that for me. Flat Earth joke, everybody. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're there for it. Uh, this week, a group of Image Comics workers announced that they're forming a union for staffed workers at the publishing house called the Comic Book Workers United, CBWU. Uh, this would be the first time that any part of the comic book industry has unionized, and it becomes a list of goals from the worker, including salary and workload transparency, continued re- remote working options, plans to address lack of diversity in the company, and an option to cancel any book before it's published based on the creator's actions or the content of the comic. Okay. Seems pretty fair to me, Chris. <laughs> the only thing I take issue with is the last one. Yeah, so hold on. Is that the creator has the option to cancel any comic before it's... The union can take a vote and cancel any book. Oh, the union can cancel. I don't like that. So I'm, I'm down with the rest of them. Uh, salary stuff, uh, yeah. remote, all that stuff's great. Um, yep. And trying to address diversity in any way. Yep. Um, as long as the company keeps rolling and everything, it's fine. Yeah, I... <laughs> I worry about the ability for workers to cancel something the company's doing, though. And I've just seen it go the wrong way. And I've seen where, like, people are like, will say something just because they don't like the person or they don't like their politics or they don't like something about them. Like, they got to go. I don't think workers should have that right. I think they should have a say. I'll right. say that. I believe they should have a say where they should be able to be like, hey, that's a, you know, that, that Warren guy, he's kind of been doing some inappropriate stuff with women. Like, maybe we shouldn't publish his book. Mm-hmm. Like, happened earlier in the year. Um, but I don't think they should be able to cancel it outright because that could lead to bad things. Yeah, especially when it's like the main source of income that you're canceling. So, um, well, I mean, for indie comics writers, but. Yeah, I we get into this world where uh, do you remember Call of Duty World War Two? This is the, the mm-hmm. best example I have of this. Yeah, and uh, they were so afraid to put swastikas in this the game. Yeah, they took them out and put crosses in because they're afraid of backlash. Mm-hmm. They're fucking Nazis, everybody. Like, of course yeah, they're, they're <laughs> Nazis. Like, it's, a <laughs> it's a it's a game about World War Two. <laughs> So right? that's always that's always what I worry about with that stuff. But other yeah. than that, you know, full support, do your thing. If you, uh, as long as it, the union's a good union, yeah. As long yeah. as they, uh, as long as they keep keep doing it. Um, this is a uh, this is the time where we talk about comics we've read, and I read some comics, Chris. So did I, Mike. I want to talk about because we got we always get some nice little uh, previews and review issues. Um, from our from our friends over at Ahoy Comics. I love Ahoy Comics. I love them. Love those guys. Love all the books they're doing. Um, I got this book here called My Bad. I haven't gotten around to that one. I wanted to read it. By, by Mark Russell. I will tell you right now, you're going to love it. Um, it's a bunch of little... Not to get too much into it, but it's great. Mark Russell you know, does his thing with the the skimming, skimming the surface of like insulting the general public and making fun of politics, but also mm-hmm. has a whole new super, superhero team. There's this dude that's basically Jeff Bezos. And instead of Batman, his name's the chandelier. 
and he wears a chandelier on his head. <laughs> That's phenomenal. And he actually runs a warehouse that ships out lights and chandeliers. <laughs> um, it's pretty amazing. Like one of the characters, so the character gets a bomb. He thinks it's a bomb delivered to him. So he, uh, so he asked the the maid that works at the. He's basically Bruce Wayne, but he asked the maid. She goes, "Fuck no, I ain't touching that thing." <laughs> um, so he invites his friend over, who's called the Man Child, and he's basically he's basically the Hulk. And the reason they don't talk anymore is because the last time the Hulk, quote unquote, was at his uh, mansion, they were talking about collecting albums, and they got in a fight over if a live album is considered a real album. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's why they don't talk anymore. So he comes back over and he's like, I got you a gift and he opens it up. And then he realizes like he, he gets pissed off because he's like, you thought this was a bomb and that's why you had me open it. So he hulks out and he like busts the hole through the, um, through the, through the house and leaves. It's amazing. I can't wait to buy issue one. Um, when it comes out, I got to see when it comes out. Uh, because it, it came was, out last week. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to put an order in. Um, my favorite book this week, uh, Dark Knights of Steel, number one. Damn straight it is. Uh, what if it's a what if story? Sorry, Marvel. Uh, first off, Tom Taylor, what up? Uh, um, Putri and the art, um, uh, Yasmin Putri, amazing art. Uh, so not only does not only does Superman crash land on Earth, uh, Kal El and or, or Jor El and the uh his wife that I never remember the name of because she dies. Um uh I can't remember. But either way, the parents the parents arrive on Earth, but they arrive in the Middle Ages. And basically Jorel becomes a like a emperor or king in the land. And you have all these classic DC comics characters like uh Black Lightning is the uh is the the emperor or like the the rival king they talk about so there's like a divide between magic and whatever the hell superman is because they know he's like ultra powerful vulnerable well he's also yeah. vulnerable to magic vulnerable to magic exactly um we find out at the end of the issue that bruce wayne the bat knight is uh the bastard son of jor-el and martha wayne and as he's telling him this he takes an arrow to the fucking eyeball from uh jor-el does yeah, Jarrell does takes an arrow to the eyeball from Green Lantern, and that that last page was fucking amazing. Yeah, uh, he's basically like, "You're my bastard. Nobody knows." Also, I just got shot in the face with an arrow. Goodbye. So the whole issue they're talking about the Green Man. Were you thinking yeah. it was Green Lantern the whole time, or no? I thought it was. I thought I couldn't think of who it was. I thought it was either Swamp Thing or uh, because Swamp Thing is timeless, right? Um, or just. Uh, I'm trying to think, but yeah, I did not think it was Green Lantern. That was the only thing I could think of, but I yeah. kept my mind kept going to magic. I'm like, who right. who has a, like a green aesthetic right. that's magic? Right. And I couldn't think yeah. of anything. Yep, but sure somebody's yeah. yelling at their phone yeah. right now. But I guess I guess Green Lantern is considered magic in this universe. I guess, uh, yeah, because yeah. the combination of him and Green Arrow's arrow yeah. killed him killed him also got him in a soft spot you know right in the eye yeah right in the eye not very not very uh defensive uh batman fear state um issue 116 yeah this wasn't a bad issue um 
you know, it's a lot of shit. Gotham is still in shambles. Basically, I so like we're at the point now where like the big the big bads are gone, peacekeepers down. Um, but now Ivy, Poison Ivy, has been sitting under Gotham and is all pissed off. So now she's about to bring the city down while um, Harley shows up with another version of Ivy. I think like her better half. So that like I think Ivy's split into two right now, like an evil side and a good side. Not a bad issue. Swamp Thing. This book is so good. Um, Swamp Thing number nine. Uh, basically Jennifer, who is, uh, Levi's like girlfriend or friend gets captured by this guy, the pilgrim, because he's, he has a body of an old swamp thing and they've been using it. And he, he basically owns the labs from Woodrow. Um, the original guy who was doing testing on swamp things, he wants the real swamp thing. So he captures Jennifer and then, uh, someone shows up at the gates to fight and they think it's swamp thing, but it's not, it's actually the guy it's his brother. And so his brother kind of has the power of the green, but he doesn't, he doesn't care about human life. So he's just trying to kill people. So the swamp thing and him are fighting. And then, um, the guy running the facility has this cryo freeze that he's going to trap them both there. So that's how the issue ends. Really good shit. Uh, I, I love this run on swamp thing. Uh, crossover. This is crossover number nine nine what a crazy issue uh i love me some scott snyder i don't love me some dead scott snyder um <laughs> there's a lot of dialogue between the guy they captured and like how he's got to talk to his father about how he knew this person's killing comic book writers uh the powers people talk to the main character um with the giant sword and say and like she gives him a hint of like maybe it's a comic book uh person that's killing them like a comic book character that you know they're just, they want a glimpse of their gods or they're, they're tired of their creators, so they're killing them. So Scott Snyder is found dead at some con for Batman, obviously, because the, the movie is The Mask of Zorro, and they find a battering in his chest. Um, I don't know where the hell this is going, but what a great issue, right? Yeah, and there's a great moment in there where um, uh, Ellie is talking to the two characters from Powers. Yeah. And they're going back and forth, and then she's finally like, fuck it, let's just do it. And it's a two-page yeah. spread with all the, the word yeah. balloons. Yeah, and that's yeah. just, that's a punch at Bendis, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that was such a Bendis thing to do. They're like, we're not going to do the powers thing. Well, what do you mean the powers thing? And then it was just like a conversation, like two in a row. Yeah. Two in a row. Um, so that was pretty funny. And then uh, and then for them to be like, we need EP... <laughs> And we need to put an EPA or whatever it is yeah, for APB. Bendis, APB for Bendis gnoming immediately before we're killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where the ending's going because if fucking Kate's got Batman for this, yeah, I then knees down greatest comic creator of all time. Yeah, I don't think he did, and now I'm trying to go through everything that fucking Snyder has done. That yeah, could be related in any way. Any and, image uh, comic stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking. But, I mean, that was 100% a batarang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Amazing issue. Cool. Radiant Black. Uh, this is number... Also number nine. Funny. Number nine, yeah. Great issue. Um, we know the main character is still in a coma, so his friend feels really guilty about it. He's visiting him every day. And then it gets really depressing at the end. It was kind of like tugging on your heartstrings. They're, the parents are like, we're going to pull the plug because he's not coming out of a coma. Um, and then at the end, he's talking to the, you know, the radiant black and saying like, why are you helping me? 
he sent him a dream basically saying like trying to give him the idea that his friend Nathan is still alive. And he's like, okay, well you need to talk to me. And so he, <laughs> he puts himself in front of a train and finally he says is going to help him. So hopefully he can, he can bring him back before they pull the plug on him. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great issue. It was kind of like a less punchy punchy, more of like a dealing with your friend being gone. And now you have to take up this mantle. He tries to like, get a better media presence out there, but keeps fucking things up. Um, yeah. Just dealing with the aftermath and yep. there's moments there where like the, the event happened, the last issue. And now we're dealing with what's afterwards. We've got yep. these like weird YouTubers mm-hmm. that are like talking shit about them online. And it, this takes place over like a hundred something days. And there's some great little moments throughout it. That was a really good, well done yep. issue. Uh, reading uh, Lost Falls, uh, Comicsology original. This book's interesting. Not really sure what's going on. Um, it's interesting though. What, what it reminds me of is like uh, Twin Peaks almost. The main character like finds the thing that's been possessing people and killing them. It possesses him, and then he kind of comes back and gets everybody back that was missing. And it almost looks like it has something to do with aliens because like there's this big light in the sky that drops them down um and also there's supposedly a cult that lives with inside the waterfall so there's something happening there too that's kind of strange i mean it's interesting it's free <laughs> if you have comicsology so unlimited so why not read it uh that's all i got to this week oh i also read monster kill squad number two by bad idea comics it's really good you find out one of the main characters is part bigfoot which is kind of awesome and then I read uh, the lot number four, which is the final um, uh, the final issue of the horror comic. Really good. The main character, who was part of the lot, who was being tormented by this like film demon, he offers for her to take over the mantle, and then she gets revenge on everybody that was part of the film and like exploited people. So really good final issue. Um, that's what I had this week. So outside of stuff that we had in common, I'll start with DC versus Vampires number one. Oh, you did read so, it. Okay, um, okay. This book fucking rules. I told you, dude. I told you. <laughs> so uh, everything Mike talked about last week, but like, yeah, fucking Green Lantern being a vampire and like blending one of the Wonder Twins was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the back lore that we're going with and how the vampires are trying to take over this version of the DC universe and uh, how nobody really knows. And then kind of the explanation, because the one vampire says to Green Lantern when he finds out, like, well, how are you? I saw you out in the light. How are you able to get out in the light? And he's like, you know, I'm a fucking Green Lantern, dude. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm continuing with the series. That first issue was just too dope not to. I told you. I told you it was awesome. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, Primordial number two. This one deals with the, the dog that the Russians put out in space. So we have like a little bit of a moment of the dog going and his kind of journey into space. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up meeting up with the monkey from the first issue. And we cut back to Earth. Uh, the guy, our lead character, who was kind of shooed away from NASA after discovering something he wasn't supposed to, ends up in East Berlin. Okay. And he meets with somebody who, uh, in the beginning of the book, we found out was that dog's caretaker. And she also has information on what's going on. So there's some sort of grand conspiracy across the nations about what's going on in space in this alternate timeline. Okay. Um, really cool book. Blue Flame number five. I haven't talked about this book in a while. Oh, shit, yeah. behind. I got to watch that. Yeah, or read um, that. 
this issue finally gets into the crux of this alien race is making blue flame give the case as to why the human race should be allowed to exist. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get into the, the the arguments a little bit, but Blue Flame kind of fucks it up a little bit, and the guy going against them just... It's kind of the traditional story of, like, Blue Flame says, well, we have love and caring, and we're good people. And then the other guy's like, yeah, and nukes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the Holocaust, and, you know, yeah. and so on and so forth. And they end up talking afterwards and say, and he tells them like, you have to be honest. Like you can't just dress it up as like the human race is all good and there's no bad. You gotta, you gotta really get into the blemishes of what it is to be human. So I'm really interested in the next issue as to how he gets into that. Mm -hmm. What's also interesting is we had this like B story of what I thought was him prior to going into space as this vigilante on earth in this town and then a bad event event happens and everybody dies but him like this lone gunner comes in kills everybody except for him and he's badly injured uh you're led to believe that that's a prequel to all this okay um in this issue they kind of hint that the space stuff happened prior <laughs> so i don't know what's going on like Catwell's getting real weird with the story Mm-hmm. But it's it's so good. It's so good in every awesome. way. Uh, Newburn. Newburn number one. New so this is, this is an Image Comics number one. It's Chip Zdarsky and uh, Jacob Phillips, son of the great Sean Phillips. And it's a crime okay. noir book. So it was my book of the week. Yep. Uh, we got this guy who is kind of a private detective. Now he works for the different mobs in New York city and it takes place in kind of modern times. So he gets money from all the different, uh, organized crime organizations. And his job is basically to find out who killed who in certain scenario. And we got this kid who was no longer part of the Italian mob who ends up dead with like a bunch of Coke lost. Mm-hmm. And he goes in there and tries to solve it. He does, and then he meets this woman who he's realizing has a talent for this as well and kind of brings her under her his wing. Mm-hmm. So it's a one-and-done issue that kind of sets up who this person is and who our cast is, and I really loved it. It's awesome. It's great. And uh, Jacob Phillips hopefully sticks around for a while because <laughs> yeah. he's phenomenal. But that was everything this week. Awesome. Mike, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you under the show? You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter and the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also at FortressComicNews.com. Remember, everybody, if you're watching this, to like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube. And if you are listening to our adultery tones, to give us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you use, um, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. And if you want to go the extra mile, patreon.com slash fortress comics. Thank you all so much for listening this week. And we'll see you all here next week. Bye-bye.